So I want to talk a little bit about women's empowerment and kind of the traps that we fall into as women. And I think, a lot, in my opinion, a lot of it is kind of fed by the media. But I want a little bit of your take on that. Sophia Silva is a positive psychology coach who shares with her audiences the knowledge of leading figures to provide a roadmap for people who are interested in leading a life worth living. This is What the Flow with Sophia Silva. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so, women's empowerment to me is really like claiming our voice, claiming our inherent power as women. We are extremely powerful creatures, and we've been repressed for an extremely long time. You know, misogyny and sexism has been around for a very long time. We're in a very unusual period history, yeah. history-wise, of, you know, women like having all these opportunities and, and, and filling all these different roles. And, um, but we've, it's been a really long fight to get there. And part of that really has to do with this misogynistic culture that most of the entire world has been um, oppressed by. So, yeah. yeah, and so what has happened with that from, from that, per, like a psychological perspective is we internalize that and it's called internalized misogyny. And then what happens is you believe the messages okay. that were taught to you by the patriarchy mm -hmm. about yourself, you know, from the ideal body, Right, so what are some of those things? Yeah. You know, to um, what makes a, a good woman? Well, a long time ago it was a virgin who... It's still that way in right, a lot of places. Right, who had a baby, who was not sexual yet, you know. Yeah, you know, cook. <laughs> right, who could cook yeah. and who was going to take care of the man mm -hmm. and, 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 and be like second, you know, yeah. uh, a second class citizen basically. But I think a lot of that is changing now at least in our culture in our culture live. it's changing not everywhere not everywhere yeah unfortunately it's really bad in certain areas of the world as yeah. we know yeah but here we're very fortunate and mm. and and young women are going to college in droves and getting educated and uh, making our own money and a big part of it has yeah. become being being becoming financially independent yes that's so important can you talk a little bit more about how important that is for your self-confidence and just for kind of getting ahead right well first of all it gives you the freedom mm -hmm. to do what you need to do so yeah. before if you were dependent on a father to survive or a husband to survive mm -hmm. they could dictate what you could do right. right right so becoming financially independent you can say look I'm gonna leave this abusive situation or I'm gonna go and fight for a cause I believe in or I'm gonna go write yeah. about this or I'm gonna go teach about this or I'm gonna do so then that proliferates into this mm -hmm. way where women are doing more and more and more for the world and for each other mm -hmm. and not just for the small family unit right. which is also important it's not this is not a black and white thing it's like it, it is about finding that way about whatever your choices are I but agree. having those choices mm -hmm. today is so amazing so what happens is when you're able to first have the financial freedom you get educated you're able to go out there and take care of yourself mm -hmm. then make choices based on that freedom um, those choices can then build self-esteem like you get a job right that you really really like 
and then you're good at it, right? Yeah. And then you learn responsibility and you learn showing up and you learn that you're needed and you're valued and that builds your self-esteem even more. Right. So it's those kind of behaviors and, and actions that help build it. The other thing I like to talk about though and when I work with clients and in my writing and stuff is that you know, actually explicitly talking about internalized misogyny and saying, okay, look, these messages were told to you by society. You need to be this way. You need to be thin. You need to be... Which I think, I'm, I think there's still a lot of that going on. Like I think a lot of the, maybe in the advertising or, or naturally we tend to gravitate towards those things. I don't know what's going on there. That it, women can fall in still, in oh, yeah. day, like fall into a lot of those things with diets or body image or... Absolutely. What the perfect woman has to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think um, we get very, very caught up in the magazines that you see when you're going checking out with your groceries. And like, you know, you look at them today and you can see how airbrushed they are. And I know people understand that they're airbrushed, but we all really need to know how airbrushed they are. It's like, yeah. these are not actually how these women look. Mm -hmm. Yet then everybody sees they're the ideal, they're emulated, they're gorgeous, they're charismatic, yeah. you know, but then they're made perfect. And so then it creates this kind of feeling like I need to be perfect or I'm not good enough. And that feeds and I, the inner critic. Yes. No. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I have some dimples on my thigh. That means I'm not perfect. <laughs> and yeah. instead of embracing that that's a natural part of the body. How can we better do that? Because I think, I don't know if it's because we've been socialized to be that way or if we're kind of just naturally tend to have that inner critic in our head that just criticizes everything about us. I mean, even I do it. I, I've gone through a lot of like training and I've done a lot of work on myself and I always try to steer away from that, but no matter what, I still have that inner critic. So how can we view things differently? Well, this is very interesting because the inner critic comes online in adolescence. And I don't know if you can kind of think back on when it came online. Yeah, but adolescence. Bef before then, yes. we're not doing that, right? Right. We're just kids kind of running around. Right. Well, it actually is a biological component that happens. There is okay. this, this biological piece that comes online that becomes a suddenly we're more self-aware. But part of it is to get us out of childhood, okay? Because we can't run around being like, nothing matters, and it doesn't yeah. matter if I run into the street, and you know, <laughs> like, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it brings us into this sort of level of ego that comes online that, that, that brings us to a new level of, you know, maturity, so to speak, and self-awareness. Okay. Well, unfortunately, what comes with that is this ability to have this inner critic. Now, We've always had it. I mean, Buddhism calls it Mara. Okay. So Mara is that voice inside that okay. says you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, mm -hmm. you know, you didn't do that perfectly, or what, whatever it is for whoever it is, you know. And so what can we do about that is actually getting in touch with it and understanding it, whatever kind of inner work that you do, whether it is Buddhism or psychology or a therapist or a support group or meditation or there's so many tools out there today that right. we can locate to start saying, okay, wait, I've got, I hear you. So, because what happens is most of us are merged with that voice and we think it's who we are. We don't see it. So we can't it. differentiate, like we can't split like 
it's just kind of a part of us and we don't even realize it's going on. Exactly. And so what it's doing is it's beating you up all day long right. and then you feel terrible about yourself. Thankfully, I'm at the point where I can tell that it's there. I know right. which one it is. It's Good. just sometimes it takes over. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But and knowing's that, half the battle, right? Yeah, it is half the battle. Yeah. And, and, the, and the process is getting more aware of that. Mm -hmm. And then the other point of it is kind of having this adult voice, which that does reside in the frontal cortex, okay. which is the one that can be like the soothing voice. So say, oh, okay. say you did not have a soothing parent. I mean, a lot of folks don't. Right. Okay. So your parent criticized you a lot or you were the scapegoat in the family, right? And so then, then your inner critic's gonna be more Sad. intense than the child yeah. who didn't have that. Yeah. So so once you realize that that voice is going on and you get to this place and you can go, aha, I see you. The point is bringing in a calm, loving voice that says, that's actually not true. That's actually not accurate. You're doing a really good job. But don't we need some sort of maybe outside approval as well? Because how, I, I understand what you're saying, but how is that enough to actually counteract it? Especially, let's say you were the scapegoat and you've been told this your whole life. I, I think it's like hard to believe that just telling yourself that's not true is gonna help it. Right, and yeah. I think, no, I agree with you completely. We need, you know, and this is where therapy comes in okay. to help or support groups okay. or some other place that you go okay. that A, first says, okay, that's your inner critic again. Like a right. therapist who right. works with inner critics would right. say, you're so hard on yourself. I'll even do that with my friends, you yeah. know, just my friends. I'll be like, oh my God, did you just hear what you just said? And then I'm one of the tools I'll say is I go, would you ever say that to a close friend? And right. they'll say, I would never say that to a friend. I right. go, so why do you keep saying it to yourself? Right. And then it's like, oh, okay. So it is having that outside help, whether it's a friend, a really good friend, a therapist, a support group, yeah. a book. There's, you know, Conquering the Inner Critic is a great workbook. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these tools out there. And then also definitely getting validated is so important. So you want Foundation. to surround yourself with people that will do that. Okay. You know, and finding friends and support systems. Mm -hmm. um, I like to call it like a sacred circle. Yeah. Where you can really be yourself 100%. Which is very small. The circle's very small. Very small. Yeah. Very small, yeah. you know, because you don't need a lot of yeah, people in that. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to connect really soulfully with mm -hmm. just a few people. And it may be, you know, it'll can include your therapeutic help or whatever, or support groups and things like that, and then a couple close friends that just will hear you. They're not judgmental. They that's just so hear you. Important. Yes. Especially in the day and age that we live in now with social media and everything that's going on and getting attacked on Twitter and all these things. It's like you really need someone to really hear you out. I see a lot of people that go on Facebook and just treat it like they're therapists. And it's like you can't just put your emotions out there to these people that are, you don't know that they're going to just... It's a dangerous spot for yourself emotionally, I think. It really is. I think these social medias, everyone as an, as an internal boundary and sort of like self-care needs to be really careful yeah. what they put out there. I remember one time I did put something yeah. out there pretty vulnerable. I was like, you know, I'm going to try this. And the reactions were uh, really atrocious. <laughs> I was like, and people kept trying to fix it, yeah, which is like a trigger for me because, you know, my background is my parents were always trying to fix things and stuff and I I don't need that unsolicited advice so I was mm. like 
I'm not gonna do that again because I I just like to be heard. So all of us are different, yeah, you know. But not, but, <laughs> not when you can comment. That's <laughs> not good. Yeah. And I was like, you know, okay, that was an interesting experiment. Yeah. But I'm not gonna really do that again. I'm gonna stick with my sacred circle who know. Right. You because you can kind of guide them. This is what I need, this is what I don't right. need. I know you're trying to help, but really what I just need right now is to be listened to. Right. And we're all different. We're not some people want an answer and then they can say that like please give me some guidance here yeah sometimes I feel that way too but there's never like a concrete answer Mm -mm. no because we have to be okay with that right because really the truth is in here you know and so everybody has a different process of how to get to that truth you know how do we do how I think we're so disconnected with our voice inside which is something I've been working on for many 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 years and I'm, I'm still working on it but I do realize the difference between now and then and other and, and in other people, like it's just there's no there's no listening to what so, my body needs. Exactly. And that's a really big Our body knows what it needs. Exactly. Like and it I, really knows. Right. Our psyche knows, our soul knows, you know, your spirit, yeah. whatever word right. works for you, like it knows intuition you know and i think a lot of folks who were kind of raised in a way where maybe they were said you're not having that feeling you know and the the child or is having a feeling and they're told no that's not the feeling you're having so you start doubting your own feelings your own gut sense of things Mm -hmm. and so when you get to be an adult it's like you won't listen to it because it's wrong right it's wrong it's wrong right so part this program is brought to you by anaheim stoneworks the company that has taken all the obstacles out of your way from start to finish anaheim stoneworks takes care of each and every step to give your home the unique look that you've been dreaming of anaheim stoneworks quality from start to finish Master Tati LA Training Center offers authentic Muay Thai training with locations in Bangkok, Pomona, and Anaheim. For more information, visit MasterTottiLA.com. Part of it, again, is like healing that trauma from your childhood, whatever happened to you, going to someone that can really help you, you know, learn that it's not your fault and, you know, and that, you know. You do a lot of that work, correct? I do a lot of that work, yeah. And then the second piece is really kind of a mindfulness practice. This is where the Eastern world and Eastern philosophies have taught us so much, and thankfully they've come this way, you know. And now we have, you know, Western researchers taking Eastern philosophies yeah. and and making them very accessible for the western mind yeah right Which so I love. i'm so happy i know i'm all about it <laughs> yeah you know so and mindfulness can happen um in any way you don't have to just be a meditator though meditating is is a really fast way to do it and i and i recommend it <laughs> yeah. you know highly um but you can be mindful when you're driving in your car you know and you can say turn off the music i've been doing that and i've been working i learned these new breathing exercises i've been focusing on my breathing a lot that's great it helps yes so what happens when you focus on your breathing you're actually getting oxygen to your brain (laughs) but no but i feel more calm and kind of composed and i can literally after a while i actually feel like I don't know. It just I feel something different. I feel right. better because it centers you back inside. Yeah. So the more you do that, even if it's just three times a day, 
or two times a day, that's yeah. mindfulness. And when you do that, it actually changes the neuronal pathways. So yeah. it starts going into this direction of, be, of, of, of being more present. And that is so hard in this really multitasking world we're in. Yeah. Right? I know. And, you know, texting is like, can be more addicting than heroin. I mean, it's like, I'm driving, I'm doing this, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. calling my friend, yes. I'm looking on the computer. I, you know, we're all kind of getting really sucked into this, you know. Uh, ability to communicate and get yeah. information in all these different and ways. Immediate responses. Yes, yeah. you know, and um, so it's really that actually scatters our brain, all of that kind of stuff, right? And then the neurons are going in all these different directions, and it's really hard to be present then and yeah. to actually hear the the voice, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're off into different directions, you're not going to be here. You're not going to be connecting these yeah. two. It's like it's, it works for everybody. That's what I, I love yeah, about it. Yeah, I think it. so too. And yeah. there's no side effects. <laughs> there's no side effects except for good ones. Yeah. Being present is when you're actually fully alive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's like you're really in your life. Right. So you were mentioning something about your parents earlier who were always, I think, trying to fix you. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, they, they definitely had a really hard time with me having feelings. And I had a lot of feelings. I was one of those kids that ended up being a feeler. I was not like, <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah, had a lot of them. And they didn't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. They literally had no idea what to do with that. And so they would, they would, repress them they would tell me to repress them feelings as in what like a lot of just Any, just like, expressing like yeah. joy sadness just everything being very verbal about it right or and expressive mm -hmm. kind of yeah you know I mean I don't think I could really say a feeling you know kids don't really know that but I would be sad or unhappy or annoyed or you know those kind of things sort of through behavior mm -hmm. as a child expresses that and they didn't like that they wanted me to just be like kind of a robot yeah. You know? I feel like that's kind of like the system, or at least it's been the system for a long time that like you just need to be a robot and do go to school and be a good kid and do your work and then go get a job and like emotions don't exist. And don't cause anybody any problems. Right, right, right. You know? Which was, that was probably why they wanted to kind of shut it down. They're like, no, 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 right? Yeah, well they think, yeah, if that's, if you just calm, but really when you think about it, I think it comes from uh, someone's ability to be able to tolerate to watch your child have feelings be sad we're going to be sad you know you can't unfortunately a child's going to come into the world and it's not going to just always be happy right it's just not possible right you know it's just we are a myriad of feelings so allowing the space for that is the most important thing and not judging it not trying to change it you know the most most wonderful thing I've seen by being around children and working with children is if you just allow them to have their feelings, they're literally, they, they recover real fast. Well, of course, if you can just experience it and let it go, you're okay. But if you're just like covering it up and covering it up, covering it up, then it explodes. Exactly. Falls apart. Right. So if you get a, end up in one of those childhoods where they didn't allow that to happen, by the mm -hmm. time your adolescence comes on, which is also the inner critic comes on, but the hormones are also exploding at the same time, <laughs> that's when you get children that or adolescents that will experiment with drugs. Um, <laughs> you know, and then you, and so what happens is you end up with way bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Way bigger problems because now your adolescent is in trouble. 
mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, being rebellious, experimenting with drugs, which can lead to addiction, to, you know, um, acting out. Um, so it, it, there's no way around it. it. It's much better if you can allow your child to be themselves when they're children. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. So what about your book? Kind of how can people utilize that and, and what are the steps or how can it help? The book is on lesbian love addiction. Uh-huh. And so I wrote it because there's a lot of books on love addiction out there. What's love addiction? So love addiction, you know, it's kind of an oxymoron. I mean, because <laughs> I love love. I mean, I'm not trying to say love is a bad thing. Love's but sometimes it can be a bad thing. thing. It can become addictive and it can come in various forms. You can get addicted to a person that you've fallen in love with. You can get addicted to the high of falling in love. You can get addicted to relationships. So you can become a serial monogamist because, you know, yeah. They don't last when you are a love addict. Yeah. They don't last yeah. <laughs> normally is, is, very what long. Is it? You kind of want that high of like the initial love stage mm-hmm. and then that goes away. Yeah. And, and once, you know, that does go away because it does for everybody, right? Those hormones dissipate. And so then you're left with kind of each other without the high. And it's like, oh. <laughs> With all the ugliness. <laughs> You know, all the stuff you don't like, stuff that's not really compatible. Um, You know, negotiating needs. Yeah. Um, And attaching is hard. So it's really based, like, part of my book is based on the attachment theory of, like, how we attach to people romantically. Mm -hmm. And that comes from how we were raised and what kind of attachment style our caregiver, usually our mother, had. And then what kind of attachment style you get, whether it's, like, anxious, you're always anxious all the time, or you're avoiding, you like to avoid people. Or secure attachment is when you're, like, you know, you can pretty much handle it and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, a love addiction is almost always rooted in an insecure attachment of either anxious, avoidant, or ambivalent okay. style. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So you're looking for someone else to kind of provide something that's not, that you are not providing for yourself. Bingo. Okay. That's it. Totally. So, okay. so, so for the, for, so the book, so there's a lot of it out there, you know, for heterosexual um folks and right but you wrote this for lesbians right because there was nothing out there there. okay there's nothing out there and not only was it you know cumbersome to translate the he she all the time because it wasn't (laughs) accurate you know and and never you know you never see your own relationship mirrored you know it's always a heterosexual relationship so that's true there's never your own you know life in there and that's that's not well it's good that you wrote that now i feel like now there's more uh, like it's more talked about or more of a market. Not that there wasn't a market, but you know what I'm saying? Like more acceptable. For sure. I guess. Like it's just for not sure. so much of a thing anymore. At least not with my generation. I don't know. No, your generation's <laughs> amazing. I mean, you know, my generation, like I came out in the 80s and it was not an easy time to come out. Like it was extremely. Was it? Oh, the homophobia and it was terrible. It was really hard. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, so it's come a long way, and you know, marriage equality is behind us now, and yeah, that's a huge thankfully. thing. So we don't have to put our resources and fight for that anymore. And we can just now kind of look at the psychology of everything because mm-hmm. we're we're dealing with thousands of years of trauma. 
thousands of years of heterosexism. Do you know what, have you heard the term heterosexism before? Yeah, but can you explain it? So heterosexism is like based in this ideology from heterocentrism, which is heterosexuality is the only normal, right yeah, type right of way. relationship, yeah. right? And so then the whole system, the whole collective culture is based in that. And yeah. anything outside of that is not okay. Yeah. And even demonized. And in some places, you can be killed. So, I mean, it, it ranges yeah, in, right? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> so it ranges in, like, like, the intensity or the danger or what have you. But even in a place like our society where it's gotten so much better and for most states, there's some, you know, some, well, <laughs> At least on, the, on the coast. On the edges. <laughs> on the coast, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can live in freedom and, you know, no judgment and things. Things, and there's more protective laws. But um, there's still thousands of years of this being passed down collectively through society and then yeah. between in our families. Yeah. One after another after another. So um, we've got, uh, that's really where my focus is now is to heal that trauma. Um, I like that. And kind of heal our community because my community has definitely had a, you know, it's got the psychological stuff going on because of all of this. Well, right. If you've been treated like crap for uh -huh. so long, I mean, it's like what you said, you internalize it. Exactly. So. Exactly. And, and if your family is, the worst is if your family is like not accepting, I yes. feel like. It's, I feel like society, it's bad, you can, but you can almost deal with that. But if it's coming from your family, I mean, that's just. Yeah, if you're rejected by your mother or father yeah. for being who you are, it's really traumatizing. And that's a, that can take years of therapy yeah. and all kinds of things to, to recover from. Yeah, and do you work with people like that? Yeah, I've been doing that. It's called LGBTQ Affirmative Psychotherapy. Okay. I've been working in that particular way for over 10 years now. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's really huge and it's exciting. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. And you've seen good results. People can kind of come out. Oh my God. Re reinvigorated or yes I see the most amazing results good like this particular way of doing therapy is so effective good it's so effective and you know the treatment centers that I'm working with I'm I'm uh, developing the curriculum and heading up the clinical programs in the substance abuse treatment centers. And in our one in, in Hollywood, we have an LGBTQ affirmative track. Mm -hmm. So within the treatment center, we have this track. And those um, those clients are doing the best. Good. Oh, wow. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really that's neat. That's really, really great. Yeah. So I'm very proud of it. And yeah. You should be. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited that we are offering that because yeah. it's not offered everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's your time right now, and you've done all the work, and I'm just really ha happy to have had you as a guest and Thank for sharing you. kind of a little bit more about what you do in your story. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to be here. Good. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Hi, guys. If you like the show, please subscribe to my channel, Sophia Silva, and follow me on Instagram or hit like on my Facebook page. And thank you for watching.